0: what's up and welcome to Forte Catholic Radio this is your host Taylor Schroll we are recording live on this beautiful Tuesday evening fall is here in Texas it was about 93 degrees yesterday and I don't understand any degrees under 90 i think it's in the like what is it today 60s or something like that it feels absolutely tremendous outside my son got to wear a long sleeve shirt he didn't really know what to do he's like why are my arms covered it was super funny as he went to school this morning and i sweat so much that i just wore my normal clothes and just didn't sweat (laughs) so it was absolutely fantastic so welcome in tonight for those of you listening on red sea radio we are recording from the red sea radio national headquarters here in college station texas broadcasting in palestine and in waco across central texas also welcome into our listeners who are listening to this on thursday morning on st michael radio in tulsa oklahoma we did an intro of the show with that last week even though last week last thursday was the first time the show aired on st michael radio Because that was our big announcement for our one-year anniversary show last week. The guys from the Catholic Man Show came on the air, and we announced that together in the first segment. That the show, after one year, is now not just on podcast, not just in Central Texas, but it has now grown to be somewhere in Oklahoma. I'm not sure if it's Central or East or West, but I have been there. So to the great people of Tulsa, Oklahoma, I have been to your city. And I enjoyed your city. Primarily, I went there for a, for a work conference. It was a, a fundraising training conference. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm a full-time missionary working for Blaze Ministries, working youth ministry, training youth ministers, uh, and, and working with young people. And part of being a missionary is that we fundraise our salaries. So I was at a conference to learn how to do that better, both for myself and to be able to train our staff. Um, we got to hang out in Tulsa, a beautiful, beautiful place, like right outside of town. And every night, so this was a, a non denomination multi-denominational, whatever you want to say, conference. So, you know, a lot of Protestant people don't drink. And us being the good Catholics, we skipped the final session of every evening. And we went to the bar downtown. It was absolutely fantastic. So, Tulsa, thank you so much for your hospitality when I went over there. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. And uh, I drank in moderation, but just barely. <laughs> it was, it was, It was a good time. We enjoyed it. So... Welcome into Forte Catholic. I hope you guys over in Tulsa enjoy the show. What's funny is, okay, so like I know that in Tulsa, you might be surprised if you're tuning in because usually at this time in Tulsa, there's a show every, every day called Woman of Grace. I am not a woman and I'm not graceful. Don't worry, Ladies. <laughs> I won't ruin your lives. I'll hopefully try to make it better. We're all about here at Forty Catholic, all about making Catholicism fun again. And what what does that mean, right? Where does that come from? Obviously, it's a play on words with the with the you know uh, I almost said Pope Trump. That's a that's a account on Twitter. Very very funny. Go follow Pope Trump. It's hilarious. <clears throat> That'll make Catholicism fun again. But there's uh, Pope Francis. Uh, I was talking about I'm talking about Pope Francis and Donald Trump, and I'm getting them mixed up. Donald Trump has this whole make America great great again thing. Think what you want about that. I don't I couldn't care any less. Uh, but it's kind of a play on words, making Catholicism fun again, playing off Pope Francis, not Pope Trump. Pope Francis, His Joy of the Gospel. So what what is that, right? It's like we're supposed to be people of joy where where the Catholic faith makes us joyful people. like Our ultimate fulfillment is found in the gospel. So what's the gospel? It's the good news. It's what the church has to proclaim. So that's what we're all about here at Forte Catholic, helping people take the next step in their faith and to not be people like Pope Francis says, um, people whose lives seem like Lent without Easter. Lent is real. We all suffer. You can hear me talk and rant and ramble every week, I promise, about some kind of first world problem or something. But uh, we will always... uh, bring it back to joy, and bring it back to the good news. So what are we going to do today? Today, we're going to start off by uh, doing a a, a segment we call Mass Text, which I'll explain in a second. In the second segment, every week we have a guest join us in the second segment. This week, it's Dr. Alex Gote, the man of many, many degrees. We'll talk about him. He's been on the show before. um, But uh, for those of you new to the podcast, new on Red Sea, especially the guys new in Tulsa, Give you guys a chance to, to meet him, get to know him a little bit. And we're going to be talking about <clears throat> rap, rap music, hip hop, it's, its impact on people, both positive and negative, and how can, how can we meet this part of the culture and use it in ministry. And then in the final week, there's a, a young man named A.J. Barrows who's here in the studio with us. Uh, he works for Ablaze Ministries. He has a tremendous, tremendous b- boss. He's beautiful. <laughs> He's bald. He's got a mole in the middle of his bald head. He's got a beard. He's got a radio show that airs on Red Sea Radio, St. Michael Radio. And there's a podcast on iTunes. You can check it out. It's called Forte Catholic. Uh, so he, he has come on. Um, I did not force him. This is not part of his work hours. No, AJ, you cannot log this as work hours. But he's going to come on, <clears throat> talk a little bit about his ministry. He has. He has a. He's real creative. Um, both him and Sam are, Uh But he he's come up with a with a simulation game that he's played with with his youth group we, we did it on Friday at a at a youth re- at a we call it a day reflection it's like a day retreat for the uh, the guys and gals over at the catholic school it went really well and i think it's real powerful so he'll be sharing about that there in the third segment so uh mass text what is mass text it's uh let's let's uh, instead of me introducing it we're going to have some old school catholic friends of mine introduce it this segment's called mass text
1: Welcome to Mass Text, the segment where we go through the readings from today's Mass in case you couldn't make Mass today. Or you were in Mass but found yourself daydreaming, telling your children to quiet down, or snoring quite loudly with people looking at you with their judging eyes. Through the Scriptures, God sent the first Mass Text to all of His people so that He could share His love and wisdom with us. Sit back and relax as we dive into God's message to
2: us today.
0: So, I began the show by talking about all these new updates that the show is now in Oklahoma, <clears throat> airing on Thursdays. So, I was like, oh, you know what would be a great idea? Instead of doing mass text on like the daily readings on Tuesdays like we normally have, we should do it on this coming Sunday's readings to, to kind of prepare people for mass. Or last Sunday's readings because we all know that... Uh, by the time it's Sunday around 2 p.m., about halftime of all the NFL games, you've already forgotten the, the gospel and the homilies and those types of things. So that's what we'll be doing today. But I did realize I didn't think to update the, uh, the intro, and it says we're doing today's readings. So I didn't lie to you. That was Thaddeus Romansky, the general manager of Red Sea Radio. He lied to you because I had him record that a long time ago. So it's not my fault. It's his. And Thaddeus, if you're listening right now, I hope the bus I just threw you under did not hurt too much. Okay, so <laughs> too much, too much. Or I hope that you have a good life insurance policy for your lovely wife. Okay. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> My producer's mad at me and yelling, which you can hear because her mic's on. a <laughs> girl. <Attagirl>. Okay. <clears throat> mass text. Let's get back to this real thing. I'm going to read this once, and then we're going to go back through it. Because this is – I love the readings at mass, but I have kids. Like many of you have kids. I actually have a, a, a little clip here of one of my kids. So let's uh, let's do this. This is what it's like whenever I go to mass. I'm just talking to my little baby. Say, I love you. I love you. I love you, Maggie. I love you. Daddy's the best. <laughs> 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 so that's, that's both Maggie and my other son laughing at me in my face in a studio. And essentially all they do during mass is they laugh, they cut up, they talk to me at about that level. They're like, like, there's no sense of being quiet. Hey, Dad, what's happening? It's like, like we've been here before. <laughs> like We were just here. I work here. You've been here plenty of times. So it's, sometimes it's hard to pay attention in Mass. So it's, a lot of people, it's been suggested to me many times, and which means I've done it about 20% of the time, reading the Mass. the reading the readings before you go to Mass to kind of know what's going on. So, because I'm a weak human being that sucks at life, I don't do this on my own a lot. So, the beauty of community. We got a group of guys together, and we, uh, guys in similar ages, I'm the youngest and prettiest. Maybe not the prettiest, but dead <laughs> by far the youngest. A group of guys, all, all dads here in the area, Catholics trying to, trying to be good people at least, trying to grow in our faith. We meet weekly for uh, a Bible study based on the readings of this coming Sunday, because we all have kids and know that it's a very slight chance that we'll be able to pay attention <laughs> during the gospel. So I, what I didn't realize is the beauty of this segment is not only are you going to get my reflections on the readings, you're going to get the reflections of, of other guys that they have shared with me that I get free content from. So I get to go to, I get to, go to lunch every Monday, eat awesome food with awesome guys and they get to book or like plan a whole segment for me on my radio. So Bible study, guys, thanks. So here's the reading for this week. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus spits some flame, man. Let's get into this. So he says, well, Matthew says, Jesus again, in reply, spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables. So the chief priests, elders, these are the people that eventually— rallied together to get Jesus murdered. So, not necessarily Jesus' best friends, and that's actually kind of important for this story. So, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. First red flag. We don't live, we were just talking, me, Sam, and her mom went and had dinner right before this. And she's a teacher, and uh, hopefully none of her kids or their parents listen to the show, because uh, they're not, they're not, how could I say this? They're not the brightest apples in the barrel. I don't know why there are barrels of apples, but apparently that's a saying from some point. I get all of my apples from H-E-B. I'm lying. My wife buys them all. I never go shopping. So uh, we were talking about <clears throat> that she teaches government, and they were like, what's... What type of government does America have? A democracy. That's what students sound like, apparently. And she was like, "Well, what? Well, what? What do we have? A democracy. What's a democracy? I don't know." Then they were like, uh, "Do we have a king?" And they're like, "Yes." <laughs> and they're like, "She's like, who's our king? I don't. We don't have one." And I'm like, okay, then why did you say that you have one? Right. So I don't know what it's like. We live in America, and we don't have a king. I don't know what it's like to. To, uh, to have a king, although I think it would probably suck because almost every revolution that's ever happened has been against a king, right? So, but what I do know is that if a king summons you to a feast, if you get a summons, like you get a summons for like jury duty, right? You better go. And that ain't the king. <laughs> the king is saying, hey, come to this feast. And they refuse to come. First negative thing. Okay. Back to the scriptures. A second time he sent other servants saying, tell those invited, behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away. One to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated and killed them. That escalated quite quickly. So they were like, first they said, no, we're not going to come to your party. Next, the other people were like, still ignoring him. It's like, okay, we went to your farm. You went to your business. The other people were like, how dare you invite me to a party twice? I shall kill your servants. What? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. But we'll try to make some sense of it at the end here. So the king was enraged. I, I would imagine so. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. So instead of going, just simply going to a wedding, they got their cities burned down. It's like, whoa, okay. Then he said to his servants, "The feast is ready." What? What an awesome dude! He just burned a city to the ground. He's like, hey, we're still gonna party. (laughs) The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. Awesome. It continues. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, my friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. How I read this and how the, the guys in me and my Bible study read this like,
2: uh, I don't know.
0: You know, like that d- dumbfounded silence. Like like if, if you're either you're a parent or if you work with kids like we work in youth ministry, <laughs> it's like they did something stupid. Why did you do that? Uh. Like they just shrug, you know, like that side, like uh, I don't know. So then the king, this is <laughs> the story continues. Then the king said to his attendants, "Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing, wailing. There will be wailing. Know. You do? it's like that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> She's supposed to be doing sound effects. There you go." <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam's on her phone. Calm, what are you? Are you learning from Jake how to produce over here, Hey Jake <laughs> cast them into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing Again? <laughs> and grinding of teeth. There are people driving in their cars. Like, what the heck? He finished. Many are invited, and few, are, but few are chosen. The gospel of the Lord. <laughs> it's like oh, okay we gotta we gotta backtrack a bit right so we got to give you some context for this jesus knows everything we we know that right so there is some foreshadowing in this there's some looking back and there's some foreshadowing so he's talking to the chief priests and the elders who were the leaders of the jewish people right and what is this parable talking about jesus is talking about them he's saying hey you you holy people your ancestors god sent his servants and, and they refused to come to the party. They prepared the way for me. They refused to come to the party. Then he sent other prophets. Some of you ignored them. Some of you put them to death. You put them to death. And then so God was mad. And he's like, hey, you know what? At the end of this whole thing, there's going to be some fire. <laughs> there's a place called hell. H-E-Double Hockey Sticks, if there are kids listening, earmuffs kids. Uh, rewind this and then put your earmuffs on. And then God invites, God invites the people who weren't there. He invites the sinners. He invites the lowly, right? Which is the good news. God invites all of us to the table, not just the super holy or the people who are born into it. He invites all of us. But the key point of all this, this guy at the end, it seems like a weird thing. But this guy was invited to the party, this poor sinner, but he wasn't prepared. He didn't have his wedding garment. Everybody else did, but he wasn't prepared. So the question for you, the question for me to think about today and when you hear this again on Sunday, are you prepared for the party that's called heaven? Are you getting there? We'll be back with Dr. Alex Gote. We are here with Dr. Alex Gote, a man of many degrees. All right,
1: what's up, Doc? How are you, sir? Man, I'm chilling. I can't see you for nothing, though, bro.
0: I, I know. That's because, I see, we've talked before the show, and I told you that I have bad internet, so I didn't want like, oh. to, like... Oh. Yeah. It's all okay. right. It was, like, 20 minutes One ago. Minute. I know you're old. And uh, oh, oh, oh. you're supposed, to, you're supposed to be smart with your eight degrees or whatever. But, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So what's goody, bro? What's going on?
0: Hey, So, yeah, we're supposed to be talking. You're stressing me out because you're like, you, you're not answering my phone calls. And you're like, hey. Bro, we're on the
1: phone right now, <laughs> dog. What's
0: good? See, there, there's this yeah. three-minute break between our segments. A little behind the scenes here on the radio. There's a three-minute break between our segments. Oh. And that's when I call the guests. Alex calls me. As the segment starting,
1: so see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's divine intervention, brother. It's divine intervention. Good so, Lord, will I? Right.
0: I told people we're talking about rap, talking about hip hop, and you were late because you were doing what exactly?
1: <laughs> I was watching the hip hop awards. <laughs> hip hop
0: awards. So why why do you care about hip hop, man?
1: Ah, uh, because man, I am hip hop, bro. That's me, man. And I love hip hop. So got to stay current, you know, like what's going on and so forth. Although I'm not going to lie, uh, the Migos were on stage and I, all I do is laugh because they're hilarious, bro. And some of the stuff that they say is ridiculous. Just like, what are you saying, homie? You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. So I was watching the Hip Hop Awards with my wife. And then so you, it was good. Then you abandoned
0: her to come talk to me on a radio show. Thank you.
1: I did. I did. She was like, are you recording it? I'm like, yep, I'm recording. So we'll watch it later, bro. (laughs) So yeah. It's all good. Cool. So
0: yeah. So we got you on to talk about rap, talk about hip hop. You got a project that you've been working on. Why don't you tell the people about that? All
1: right. So, um, I had this theory like years ago, um, whenever I was very first, uh, started in youth ministries. Um, well, whenever I started like working in my own, I would say, like hemisphere. The the way that I I'm doing it now was, um, there has to be something that's multicultural, something that's um, multi generational, that reaches like a common denominator for um everybody in America, you know. Um, and so for me, it was a theory I had years ago, and um, this product, this documentary slash um, book slash all these different things that we're doing with this curriculum and everything. Um, it is, it's, it's, that is this, is this theory come to life is that, um, the common language, the common denominator for America, um, for American teens and young adults and different generations is hip hop culture. It is what it means to be American. Um, i would say that definitely there's a good argument for that um and from traveling and so forth and speaking at many different types of parishes and connecting with many different types of people in high places everybody seems to be agreeing whether um their socioeconomic background racial background or whatever um there is a common denominator in hip-hop culture and so this project is kind of like I don't want to say proving that point, but it's showing the point and it's um tying in um I would say it's the face of the new evangelization, to be honest with you. So that's it. That's yes. my project for me.
0: So you got so you do you could do ministry all over the place, man. I, I follow Uh-oh. you on on instagram and on snapchat and we're friends we'll text back and forth and you're like yeah i'm in chicago now i'm in philadelphia now yeah. i'm in honduras like i don't know if you've been to honduras
1: but it seems like yeah, you, yeah. You're somewhere no no not honduras <laughs> but i'm going tomorrow to chicago next weekend um i'll be in houston the following weekend i'll be in washington and this is the common denominator and every every parish that i just named is a different type of parish man um, and this is the common denominator. It's the it's the language of um, young people. Now, in saying that, what I've realized through the years is, um, um, one, a lot of people are scared of what it is that they don't know. Um, this is one of the reasons why somebody like myself and those of us who um, literally are, this is our culture, uh, why it's needed. Um, I mean, it's no different than what Aristotle did. I mean, what Aquinas did, what Aristotle, what Plato did. I mean, again, what Augustine did, what Plato what Dante does with St. Thomas Aquinas and so forth it is meeting, speaking the language of the, of the, um, of the culture and and infusing it with the gospel message, more specifically our Catholic faith. Um, I've been in a, a lot of conversations with high level people about this and everybody tends to feel the same way that like, yo, you know, we need to start doing this. It's just a matter of like how and how authentic, um, and so forth, you know, without being so stereotypical, because I've seen that years and it's almost um, the right word. I'm trying to be nice here. It's degrading. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, what it is that I've seen and so forth. So um, I, I think that people know it instinctively. But the truth be told is, I think a lot of people are scared of what it is that they don't know myself. I grew up in hip hop, not I just grew up in hip hop. Like I literally when I say that, I. Um, I, I tell these stories going around like most people, especially from a Latino culture, minority culture, we grow up very, very music is on at all times. And, um, you know, Saturday mornings, you're cleaning Sunday morning, you're cleaning and so forth. Um, so for me, I woke up literally daily. I wasn't even playing the hip hop music. My father was. Um, we had two, two turntables in the living room. That's real talk. And, um, you know, it was my way of, of coming to understand the world. You know, um, and there's a lot of us that, 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 feel the same way that I've been in contact with, um, even like clergy and so forth. You'd be surprised, um, just how the spirit is, is moving in this and so forth. So, um, yeah, that's basically what it is, bro. That's basically what I'm getting at. You know what I'm saying? That's the thesis, if you will. Thesis, and you know, all, you, you know all but,
0: about theses because uh, thesis I theses because you've uh, theses rhymes with feces, and you like poop jokes. So there you go. I
1: love poop <laughs> jokes. Uh-huh. Poop jokes are universal, bro. <laughs> um,
0: you drive me crazy. And I'm all about together. the
1: universality of poop jokes. <laughs> you
0: feel me? <laughs> the the, the <laughs> ca- catholicity, catholicity. We, the did, catholicity. we did a, we did a retreat together poop. this weekend, and you you, you you said more poop jokes than I c- would care to hear. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. so people people got like people can get to know you on social media and keep track with this project. That I don't want to get a little bit more into, but I want you to go ahead and share with people where they can get a hold of you, where they can uh, kind of touch base with you on the right.
1: internet. So, um, I, I try to leave all my social media, even my own website, the same exact. Is my name? It's Alex Dot Jr. It's just my name and Dot gote Jr. in between it. Whether I be on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, all those different things. In each one of those things, I always have links to my website. From my website, the project is under All Is Love Media. All Is Love Media is a. Um, as a nonprofit, uh, organization that I started that, I'm um, me and two other people, we started and it's, um, doing the videos, everything, the curriculum that I'm talking about, um, just everything, man, literally everything. Um, it's, it's, and it's, the funny thing is this grassroots, um, what I've realized through the years, and I'm gonna just be a little bit more transparent than I thought I would be, but what I've realized through the years is that, um, Hip hop is a subculture, of course it is. Um, and saying that, there's different types of subculture that is accepted by faithful Catholics and so forth. And what it is that I've realized is once, you know, um, somebody you know comes across me or this idea, it's automatically shut down. If you're listening to this, I would ask you, why? Why is one sub- subculture accepted over another one, especially one that speaks volumes, especially authentically? Um, and I think that most people don't want to answer that question. That's real talk.
0: Yeah. And I think there's, you know, we talk on the show a lot and you and I have talked a lot about right. with anything that – what the Catholic Church always asks is to, number one, test everything, retain what is good, test everything, absolutely. text every culture, ev- every subculture, uh, test That's everything, retain what is good, bring the, the faith to the culture and the culture to the faith. You know, like all, all these absolutely. things, right?
1: Um, bro, it's Vatican II. God MS says over and over. Yeah, absolutely, bro. I'm absolutely, smart. Yay!
0: Thanks for validating me. Um, so – um, and, and then the, the thing about about art, you know, is tr- truth, beauty and goodness. Like, what is the truth, beauty and goodness that we can find absolutely. in rap? And like, I know a lot of people would listen. And they'd say, OK, th- like, Alex, you're saying that there's a lot of good things about rap um, mm-hmm. and they'd push back on you. They'd say, OK, but right, but right. rap I get it a r- rap leads to anger, rap leads to, right, to, right, to right. violence. Like, wh- right. how are you kind of dealing with that in this project?
1: So so kind of go back to what it was that I said um, from the very beginning is that I asked these questions, um, you know, even Plato says, he says, be careful for the poetry um, that you use because it affects the young people. So always with that as, as, as in the forefront of being careful for what it is that we take in, um, but we could use that for anything. When people say this to me, um, I asked him, how many good movies do you watch? How many good books do you read? How many good and let's just go down the list. If we're gonna if we're gonna test something, let's test it across everything. Now let's talk about because hip hop culture is much different is much more than simple the music. We're talking about like the whole culture itself, the dress, the attitude, everything. So specifically about the music, what I would say is, um, look at some other types of genres of music. You have some foul stuff that's being said. Just look at Taylor Swift's new stuff. Not to call her out or anything, but for real, look look at what they're saying. Yeah, I didn't make you do it. Don't get mad at me. (laughs) But but you see what I'm saying? I mean, I would ask anybody to give that same, and this is just my philosophy kicking in, um, to give that same measure of standard to anything that they take in. Why is it that there's a bias against this? That's what it is that I love asking people. And ask yourself truly why. Now, we can go to stereotypes and all kinds of stuff, but no, 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 no. We're not talking about stereotypes. What we're talking about is like, why in the world does Sprite, let's be honest, why in the world does Sprite, if you go to a store, you see Sprite, they have hip hop quotes on. Why, if you watch a football, um, and I do not like football, I'll be honest with you, well, to an extent. Uh, sorry, we got to cut so- you off.
0: It's time yeah, to go I know, I he's t- out.
1: He's out. <laughs> yeah, no, Um. But why is um, even that uh, hip hop is 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 very much promoted on that side in sports in America and so forth. Um, Go to uh, what is it? Sesame Street. Sesame Street itself. They had locks on there years ago. I'm talking about years ago. Now watch them. It's very, very multicultural, very, very multigenerational and using hip hop and doing it. I've seen it. I've seen how it opens up doors. A good friend of mine who also has his doctorate, he wrote his thesis on this, on spirituality of hip hop and how hip hop crosses genres and so forth. I've seen it. My pops to this day, he approached me the other day and he's like, yo, you want to go to the Nas concert? (laughs) Nas and Lauryn Hill. And my pops, you know, what I'm saying he's an atheist. I'll be real with you. So it's um, it's a language that that. Again, what it is that I've realized is a lot of people just don't know they're not educated in it, which is why they need somebody like myself. So this this documentary, this um, curriculum and everything, um, it's showing the need for it and why we should use it and how to use it properly, because you could say that with anything. How can we use movies properly? How can we use pop music properly? How can we, you see what I'm saying? You should use that measure of standard across for anything. And I say these things in the documentary and so forth. Um, kind of think of like, um, and I dare to cons- um, compare myself to somebody as great that I think is amazing. I really do, really do mean this, is um, like somebody like Father Barham. He talks about the new evangelization, engaging culture and everything, but the images that he uses are not my images. They ain't the images that I grew up with. And truth be told, most of the images that he uses is not even... You know, it's not even um, they're like in Rome and so forth, which is great. That's the substance of our faith. But what about those people on the outside that that's not their language? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it, so this- it, it absolutely does, and I, and I think it's it's interesting because one of the things that I that I love about the church is the diversity, like the unity in the in the diversity, right? So absolutely. like, <clears throat> what does yeah. Bishop Robert Barron know? Like, that's what he knows. And he reaches an a, an amazing demographic. But Absolutely. Like, but that's not the entirety of the demographic. And that's OK.
1: Thank you. So thank you. That's what it is that I've realized, because I remember even converting when I converted to the Catholic faith. I was like, how do I fit in this? And I really felt that I had to change and so forth. And I remember going around my family. My family listens to ghetto boys at the barbecues. Nas everything. That's my family. And I remember my, I walked around my own family. My family's like, who are you? Like, what's going on? Like, you're not the same. And I remember even taking that to spiritual direction and being like, dang, man, I think like, I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to lose myself, but I want to make sure that I stay faithful to, um, to Holy mother church. You see what I'm saying? Um, and so, yeah, I've realized that, We do. The vast majority of youth ministry as a whole and young adult ministry is really geared to like one type of person and which is fine. It's great. It's needed. Those people need it. But the vast majority of that's not the vast majority of people in America, to be honest with you could this be the reason why? And it's funny. I bring up these conversations. This is real talk. I bring up these conversations and not, I bring it up. These conversations are around the group that I'm always around either in New York or, um, LA or just around the, um, around the nation. And about like, I say like about two months ago or something, I'm in New York and I'm talking with this priest and we, we feel the same way Dominican priest. I don't want to say his name. Um, but it's funny. He goes, yo, you know, tomorrow, I mean, two weeks from now, we're having that USCCB meeting in Florida. And I'm like, no, nah, I didn't know that. He goes, yeah. So this is that meeting that just happened. And I'm like, yo, what is it about? It's, lit- it's literally about what we're talking about. And I'm like, oh, snap, for real. And he goes, guess who's presenting? And I'm like, who? He's like, yo, I'm presenting. This is like one of the people that we like, we talk about this all the time. The need to bring other people to to the, to the table and speak their language and so forth and I'm going to be honest with you he is hip hop like straight up hip hop and so again it's this idea of I feel coming coming from that background um the way I grew up and so forth um I feel that it's looking at it as as man now a lot of people a lot of people just don't understand you know what I'm saying
0: yeah, I got you, man. Hey, we're we're out of time. Thank you for coming on. Uh oh, my bro. Where where's uh where can we find this documentary? It's coming out next month, right?
1: Yes, sir. The middle of next month.
0: Cool. What's it called? How can they find it?
1: It is called In Culture. Just go to my website. You'll see alex That's my website. And you'll see in the top, you'll see like media and all that stuff. Just hit the button. It'll take you to it.
0: Sweet. Thanks, man. Have a good rest of your night. Enjoy the rest of the hip hop awards.
1: All right, brother. You have a good one, man. God you bless
0: too. you too. See you. All right, Alex, thanks again for coming on. You guys check him out. I'm, uh, I'm very excited to, uh, be a part of this documentary. I was, uh, surprised to be asked because I'm a white dude, but that's a, a big one of his points is being multicultural. It meets all kinds of people. So we will be uh, right back here with our third segment of Forte Catholic for the evening, just in a couple of minutes, talking to Mr. AJ Barrows about his uh, social experiment. We'll be right back. Welcome back, welcome back for Catholic Radio with your host Taylor Stroll in the Red Sea Radio Studios. Hanging out, I want to thank my, my good friend, Dr. Alex Gote, for spending some time with us here on this evening. Taking time to talk about rap and hip-hop while missing the Hip-Hop Music Awards. Oh, I, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Uh, so if you're just joining us, we started off the show talking about uh, where the show's been, where we're going. And we did the Mass Tech segment and we had some uh, brilliant uh, sound effects by our by our producer Sam. Yeah, add a girl, add a girl. Perfect. Uh, and then in the last segment we talked to Alex about hip hop. And as promised, I always say that. What if I like well, I guess it did happen one time. I promised a guest and then they didn't show up, so I was like as promised. I'm an idiot and we lie. <laughs> I don't know why as I always introduce people saying as promised. Um Now you'll notice it every time and call me out on it. Thanks. So we're we're here with uh, AJ Barrows. And how this happened is I was sitting in the office today and I had a guest cancel. So I was supposed to have two guests today. And I was like, dang, I didn't schedule enough time for me to plan two whole segments. Who can do one for me? (laughs) Let's get a guy who's never done radio before. That'll be brilliant. So (laughs) I was talking to AJ who works in the office. Actually, before I was talking to AJ, I was talking to Loretta, who also works with us. And I was like, I, I got the email that the other guest, like he had something come up and he couldn't come on tonight. So I was like, in the middle of our meeting, I'm like, dang it. She's like, what? And I, so I told her what was going on. And I was like, I have meetings until five. Like, I don't have enough time to, sch- to plan two segments. I only had time to schedule one. I don't know what I'm going to do. She's like, well, don't you like typically talk about like, what, like, stuff that happened this week? I was like, yeah, but all the stuff I did this weekend at the retreat are talks that I've given before that I've already talked about on the radio. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. I'm running out of content. <laughs> I'm running out of old content. I'm actually going to have to start working <laughs> pretty soon. Uh, so she was like, well, happened this weekend. And I was like, okay, I did the retreat, and that was fun. So yeah, when I went on our retreat and led better. Cool stuff. Got to take my family. That's always nice. Got to actually spend time with my family um, over the weekend. Always good. Not much of a story there. It's not a segment. That was about a 10-second story. So, so so we started walking back, and I was like, well, all I do at work is have meetings. That's not exciting. So, oh, Friday. Friday, we had a day reflection at the school. A lot of fun. A lot of dodgeball. I am now two days, and, and we could talk about this a, a little bit, with AJ. At AJ's youth night, both times that this game was played. No, it wasn't a year. It doesn't matter. They don't care. At AJ's Youth Night (laughs) and at this uh, Day of Reflection, we played dodgeball for a good 30 minutes each time. And I'm very large. Like If if you're listening to this and you just know my voice, you don't know what I look like, follow me on social media, at Taylor Schroll, S-C-H-R-O-L-L, so you can see my beautiful mug. It's just absolutely beautiful. My profile pic is my mug shot from prison. I'm just kidding. I've never been to prison. And my profile picture is of me looking like I'm 6'2", 240, because that's what I am. I'm, I'm a fairly large person. I, I, I'm fairly athletic, a little chubby at this point, but grew up big-time athlete, played four sports in high school, ran track in college. So, like, I, I'm, I'm athletic, but I'm big. And, like I said, chubby. I've slowed down a little bit since my peak. And so you'd think in dodgeball I'd be a pretty big target. I've gone an hour of dodgeball in the last month without getting out. (laughs) It's been ridiculous. And like, it gets to the point where I'm like, I'm taunting these kids. Like, I'll walk up to the line and they'll throw two balls at me and I'll catch them both and be like, ha ha. (laughs) I just love, you know, bullying high school kids, which is why I'm in youth ministry. So (laughs) to beat them at dodgeball, to feel good about myself. (laughs) So um this segment was not supposed to be about me being good at dodgeball but i'm prideful so it came out so so at 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 this uh day reflection and at one of your youth nights aj you you played this game before we get into that it'd be weird for people to not know who you are first so who is the great aj austin barrows what this that took a weird turn
2: go ahead yeah no um i'm originally from colorado did two years of college, university, had a major conversion there, then did two years of net, one year in the United States and one year in Canada. And then I came back from Canada and then a blaze fell just like into my lap. I found out about Monday, applied to it on Tuesday or Wednesday, had the interview by Thursday, had the job by Friday. And
0: Canada's weird. They do their Thanksgiving on the wrong day.
2: It, it was like two days ago.
0: I know. It was. It's was a cultural reference. Don't worry about it. It's your first day on radio. <laughs> Is this your first time on radio? Yeah, no it is. is. is you said yeah and no. That was
2: confusing. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> it is. You did it again. I'm still confused.
0: <laughs> yes, no, it is. Uh, uh double two positive beats negative. <laughs> Good. First time on radio. Glad to be here. You love tech stuff. You've done some soundboard stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I'm glad that you had your uh Your first time on here. It's absolutely exciting for me. So tell us about... You did the social experiment with the the kiddos. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a good, powerful stuff. Fun stuff. I enjoyed it. So we're just going to walk... I want you to walk Mm -hmm. our listeners through this social experiment so that they can kind of make their own... Like, imagine that they were there. Make their own references. Make their own... Like, how would they feel if they were in it? So why don't you just set it up for us?
2: So basically what was happening is it was a regular... Uh, Youth night, we'd have them come in and sign in. But at the sign-in, we would randomly hand them a playing card. And when they received the playing card, they would take a Sharpie, and they'd sign across it, across the face of the card, ideally taking ownership of that card. And we just sent them in the gym. We have just, like, open rec time before, like, the dinner starts. And then it got close to that time, and I pulled them all to the bleachers. And I basically explained to them that tonight we were going to enter into a social experiment because the goal of this was to challenge them in a way that haven't been challenged before. Basically I explained that they had one of two options. One was that they could engage in this experiment and allow it to like really enter into it, not just like th- sit in the back like, oh, this is this is not cool. Or they had the other choice, because I believe in free choice, that they could go off to one of the side rooms, sit around in like a big circle, and read the book of Deuteronomy out loud, paragraph by paragraph. How many picked that choice? One person did. <laughs> for like 10 minutes and they're like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna play oh this is the book of Deuteronomy? never mind i'd rather play the social experience yeah i'd rather i'd rather give this person a
0: shot you know he just did that to like impress his friends and he was like this was a bad choice (laughs) i'm just kidding god you wrote a good book
2: (laughs) (laughs) your others was just better (laughs) yeah so what it started with is i explained to him that for the rest of the evening that that playing card was their ticket to do anything to receive food, to go to the game, for the talk, where they sit. Like, for the rest of the time, like, I broke them up into suits very intentionally. And I basically created a cat like a cast system or, like, just different classes. So I said, okay, if you're uh, spades, go to the eating area and, like, get your food. And what I had set up with the kitchen is, like, the spades got extra food. They got extra chips. They got extra sandwich. And they got to sit down at the far table... Um, with the air conditioning strongest because it is hotter than heck. Um, and then I sent the diamonds. And they just got like the normal treatment, the normal amount of food. I uh, got a place to sit. And then I sent the clubs. And they had to stand at their table. They didn't receive chairs.
0: <laughs> so imagine
2: yourself, you driving
0: home right now. Pull over. Pretend that you're writing your name on a playing card. You get to church where they have promised to feed you. And then you're in one of these classes where, what do you mean? I get, I have to eat last. I have to stand here. I don't get a chair. (laughs) And you only gave me four chips.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And just imagine the reaction as you're picturing this. Keep going. Yeah. And it's actually even the last suit got no table, no chair. They had to sit on the floor and they got like a quarter of a sandwich and no chips. (laughs) So (laughs) at this point, they think I'm the worst. So we have to just stop right here. You're the youth minister here. Yes. How many complaint emails from the parents of the lowest gas did you get? Surprisingly zero <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so cool. they actually like bonded together on that idea. It's like we have the worst, but we got each other and that was I did not expect that at all. so basically they finished they finished their their meal. I've gone around and kind of gotten a feel of the room to kind of see like what the temperature is, how people are like responding to it, and the people who got everything are love and life and the people who didn't are ready to kill me.
0: So, you're like, You've been the youth minister there for like seven weeks. You started it off. Bluebell is made in Brenham, which mm. is where you're the youth minister. You started off by saying, I've only had Bluebell once. And they're like, we hate you. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, then you've won them over. Like, they love you. And then you're like, I want to throw all that away. I'm going to make them all angry. <laughs> so they're all angry at you at this moment. So uh, let's keep the night going, because I don't think that's where the night ended.
2: No. <laughs> so what's next? We moved into a game of dodgeball, and all high schoolers, I believe, like to play dodgeball. And we broke them up into like the four. Not against me. (laughs) (laughs) And they get the four. We did the four corners dodgeball, where each uh, group was in one of the corners, divided up, and each one of them had different sets of rules. Again with the with the spades, I believe they got to play normally, no restrictions. They could catch, throw, run around, no problem. Then the next set was they had to play with their left hand only. like They had to stick their right hand in their pocket. So it was hard to catch, hard to throw. But it only got worse because the next step down, they had to link arms with a buddy, which just makes them a larger target. And if one gets hit, they're both out. And then the last, the people who are already ready to kill me, I made them sit. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> AJ's new book is coming out. It's called How to Win Friends and <laughs> Piss Off
2: People. <laughs> yeah, but I tried. I tried real hard to show a little bit of kindness to the two that kind of got the short end of the stick. I was like, do you guys like feel this is unfair? I just wanted them to say, "Like, yes, I believe this is unfair. They're like, no, we got this. And I'm like, okay. And I gave all the dodgeballs to the groups that were already standing. <laughs> I tried. I really did. Let's just say that that dodgeball game ended pretty quick with the unfair advantages and just everything. And then I just let them play dodgeball normally. Just let them just <laughs> annihilate each other. We got those like old school rubber Instead ones. Of
0: letting them take out their anger on me, let's <laughs> let them hit each other for a while before I continue this. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So obviously, there's a point to all this. Yes. What's the point?
2: The point of this was getting all the way down to the talk. I had a couple more things like with the chairs, like where they got to sit. But at this point, I've created – I've successfully created division among them based upon something that they couldn't control. It was interesting. I started off this talk with the Milgram experiment, um, which is a very famous experiment where they tested to see how far people would go – like would hurt each other just because someone in authority told them to. And I I highly encourage looking up this experiment, but the results are astounding. It was close to 90% of people will inflict pain upon a person just because someone told them to, if, even if they say, I don't want this. That's crazy. And the other staggering statistic that came from this is that two thirds of people would inflict fatal amounts of pain to another person just because someone in authority would tell them this. One of my favorite quotes is like, the most dangerous thing you can call another person is them. Because as soon as there's a them, there's an us. And you look at us and we're normal, we're humans, we're good. So they're them. They're no longer humans. It's easy to tear that from them. And that's how massive amounts of terrible things have happened in history with the Germans to the Soviets to the Chinese to even the Americans, even us just justifying slaughtering people because there's them. And then I boiled it down to where does it start? And it starts with labeling. I was really honest with them. I, I allowed them to fill in the blanks on how they've labeled me. Because, again, I came in not as the most popular person. <laughs> like, dog on bluebell. Unintentionally. But I said, like, how many of you looked at me and you were like, oh, boy, another white person to tell me how to feel.
0: Right. Because this is a, a primarily Hispanic pair. Okay.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I got a couple chuckles. But then I, like, I filled in the blanks like with a, a couple other more. Because I'm a little bit taller. Um, I wear thick uh, rim glasses. Um, And I I allowed them to like think I was like like maybe I was intelligent, maybe I was a little nerdy, but then I I opened up to them about if you just looked at the label, you wouldn't have found the deeper truth of like what I've been through. Like I had a battle with illiteracy, and then in college, I had many different battles there that people primarily never knew because I was labeled as something. And then I brought it back to the cards, and I said, "How many of you?" used these cards to label each other it was crazy that um, in one of the experiments that we did the top card by the end of the experiment expected to get it easier right and that was just that was baffling to me because i made the point that it was it fair that like i think it was the hearts got everything like the worst of everything and 90% of people are like, yeah, that, like, that's not fair. Like, they didn't choose that. Like, they did not choose what, set, like, what card they got. It was randomly dealt to them. And then I, I turned it on the other end. Was it fair to judge the spades that they got everything easier? Because just as the hearts didn't choose what card they dealt, neither did the spades. And I related this back to the whole idea of, of race. And how there's a lot of, right now, there's a lot of racial tension in our country. And like, even in my, in my group of youth, there's just a clear division between them sometimes. And I really was trying to break down walls in that regard. Because I related it back to uh, the Good Samaritan. And allowing like the parable for them to recognize, as soon as you recognize somebody's a human being, you can take care of them. Like you can go outside of yourself to like make sure they're not going to die. And then I took another step further, like Mother Teresa of Calcutta, recognizing that there's Christ in them. And once you recognize there's Christ in somebody, you can truly love them. And then with another time, with the second experiment, I related it back to the first responders of 9-11 and how you could go out of your way to risk your life for somebody. Yeah. So it, it was a powerful thing, man. I know that people can
0: start are starting to connect the dots in their own heads. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing. I, I hope blessings on your ministry, praying for you. This has been another episode of Forte Catholic. See you!